0: Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 10. You don't know how much your muscles ache until you stop moving. It's not just true after a long run or a tough workout, but it's true for the brain too. You don't realise how much strain you've been under and what a toll it's taken until you get a chance to put it all down and take a break. That is what this week has been like for me. As I record this introduction right at the end of the week, it's been a week of both wonderful highs, but also darker lows. You see, this week I've had the week off work. That in and of itself is quite a delightful high, a week to put things down, a week to enjoy some of the freedoms of life opening up again, and also a week where the cracks and damage of months of just getting on with it have started to show. This week's episode is a a bit of a mess really, a collection of thoughts and experiences from this week, some ups, some downs. But maybe they're helpful. Maybe there's something in my week that helps you to understand yours. Maybe in opening up, there's something to help make sense of the changes that come from life. Once again, opening up. (laughs) I'm recording this on Easter Monday. It's nearly 6pm and like many of you, I suspect I've just watched the Prime Minister announce that from next week, the country starts opening up again. Shops, outdoor dining, gyms, hairdressers, lots of little pleasures and enjoyments that have been delayed or done without, which will now be possible again. I'm not myself in any particular rush for many of these and I suspect I may wait until I'm double dosed up before enjoying them too much or too frequently. But I am very much keen to have my hair trimmed and to sit in the sun with some food and some friends again. To go along with the opening up will also come extra testing available twice a week for everyone. I can see myself taking this up just for the extra comfort that regular, hopefully negative tests will bring when seeing older family members and those who have not been able to be vaccinated yet, feeling more confident that I'm not a risk to them. In so many ways, today's announcements bear a familiar similarity to those of last summer, which, well, let's be generous, didn't quite go to plan. Yet somehow they feel importantly different. Last summer, the skepticism that surrounded opening up felt particularly in retrospect well placed. It was then and is now clear that any opening up needs to be accompanied by testing and vaccination to be successful. You can't remove the protections of reduced social contact and increased social distance without replacing them with those that come from testing and vaccination. But whereas last summer that quite clear fact was hand-waved away, this time both feel much more real. And that perhaps is why this time feels much more real, more possible and even possibly more permanent. It's Tuesday, 6th of April, and today was so lovely going to the park for a walk with my friend Emma, getting to chat and catch up and watch her little girl fly her kite, which was just unimaginably adorable, by the way. It all left me feeling more hopeful than I've felt in months. I'm noticing this week that as things start to open up, as more things become possible, the more more things begin to feel more possible too. There was an article on stylists.co.uk this week, which I saw shared by the Mermaids charity on Twitter, and it offered a little piece of advice on how to cope with anxiety coming out of lockdown. I've linked it in the show notes for this episode, but I thought I'd share what I found helpful. In the piece, psychologist Dr. Mayor Garrell suggests that we embrace curiosity. Facing the world with curiosity opens the mind. We can then start dipping our paw into the new. The piece suggests we follow three steps. One, take it slow. Two, focus on others, and three, ask questions. I love the visual of dipping a paw. It helps me to think, saying to myself and even out loud to others, I feel anxious about this, but I'm going to try. I feel nervous, but I'm going to give it a go. So it's Wednesday 7th April and after a trip to the pharmacy today, I decided I was feeling a little brave, a little curious and decided to pop into both Little and m food in town. It was quite spontaneous and I'm glad I didn't let myself think too much and just went for it. I dipped my paw. It actually felt strangely familiar, refreshingly normal, which was oddly comforting. I thought maybe this would be a big grand moment but but it wasn't it was just a very nice dose of normal and after this past year that was quite me. Mentally, the past few days, I've had the biggest ups and the biggest downs in months. Amongst the wonderful highs of seeing and being with friends and enjoying a bit more of life, I've also had these crushing moments of darkness this week too. That feeling of just wanting to roll up into a ball and see the ground open up and just disappear. And today, I'm recording this on Wednesday... I was really struggling to cope with that wild swinging between up and down. So I went for a run, hoping that I might expend a little excess cortisol and maybe even release a little dopamine with the added bonus of a little time away from a screen and any distractions, hoping I might find a little headspace to clear out some thoughts too. And that little bit of headspace really helped me to see one thing with a little bit of clarity. I've been stressing this week about all these ups and downs. And in that mess, it's so easy to get trapped into the judgment of our own thoughts, where up is good and down is bad. But really, they're all just feelings. They're all just thoughts the good ones, the bad ones. They're just things that bubble up. At that moment, four kilometres deep into a 12-kilometre run hitting nearly four and a half minutes per kilometre, I just decided to accept this week's Darker Moments as another normal part of existence. It was a massive release. I nearly burst into tears. I held it back, deciding that the sight of a grown man in leggings, a cappa jacket with blue painted nails running through Scholing was quite weird enough without him also bawling his eyes out. But honestly, it was such a release. The feelings haven't changed, the doubts and worries, the sadness, the fears, they're all still there. But I'm not adding to them with guilt about their existence. <laughs> Thursday morning and I've been for another run. I've been really pushing myself to go farther and faster this week. And actually I was talking to Emma about running on Tuesday and I was talking about a feeling I have when I'm running that I don't think I've ever been able to articulate before, but it was so strong this morning. I was really pushing myself this morning and managed to put in a personal best over 15 miles and I really felt that sense of, we did it we did it together. And I really do mean we, because it's not just me, it's not just my body, it was me and my body together. A sense of shared achievement that brings those parts closer together. It helps create a stronger bond between me and my body, a a closeness, a kindness. And that's been helping me to feel more accepting of my body, not for how it looks, although running has certainly helped me feel happy about that too. But like, how could I be mean or say something nasty about something that has worked so hard for me, that has helped pull me through? That said, that closeness, that kindness, those shared achievements are so easily forgotten, aren't they? Particularly, I have to say, when our bodies are seen in mirrors and bathroom scales and selfies and social media filters, the tendency is to let that connection fly out the window. Maybe one day in our future we'll get some augmented reality glasses or mirrors of some sort and for each part of our body we see, up will flash a reminder of what it's done to get us through our life to this point. The work it's put in for us and the way it's handled, all the things we and life have thrown at it. But until then, I'll keep trying to see those things myself, not just bodies, but journeys. So it's Thursday and one of the things I've been thinking about this week is transition. It's another thing that came up when I was talking to Emma on Tuesday. Transitioning between activities is something that her little girl has been finding hard during lockdown and honestly it's something I've noticed I've been finding really hard too. Specifically this week the transition from work mode to holiday mode. I think partly it's because For the past year, pretty much all of life, work, personal, social holidays and everything in between, has happened in essentially the same four walls. The removal of physical divisions makes the mental transition harder too. I come back to something I read a while back when looking at mindfulness-based cognitive therapy a variation of cognitive behavioural therapy which embeds mindfulness meditation into the process and how our mind has two modes, two ways of operating, doing mode and being mode. Doing mode notices a difference between how things are and how we want them to be or not to be and gets to action devising strategies and making plans. It's a great mode. We all need it. And I'm very lucky to have a job which is fulfilling in the way it lets me get to work on solving problems. I spend my work day with my mind in doing mode and honestly it's great. But doing mode is not so great when we bring it to our feelings and our internal world what can be of benefit when applied to the external world can cause suffering and difficulties when it gets turned inward that's where being mode is needed focusing on the here and now rather than the past and the future allowing things to be rather than feeling the need to change them seeing thoughts and feelings as mental events rather than solid facts. One of the aims of mindfulness-based cognitive therapy is to build an ability to know which mode of mind you are operating in and to be able to actively deploy the one most needed in the moment. It's something I've been really working on for a few years now and this year I have found it harder than ever to be able to move between doing and being modes. That transition has been difficult at the end of each day, particularly in bed at night. And I know I'm not the only one who has had some wild dreams throughout lockdown, something I am sure is at least partially linked to our minds being locked in doing mode even after we fall asleep. And the struggle I've had this week, letting myself get into holiday mode, is partly a transition out of doing mode into being mode. And my mini crisis solved by a running revelation on Wednesday, that's a classic case of doing mode turning inward, causing a whole bunch of damage, and the eventual application of being mode Bringing much needed relief and release. It's never easy, and it's been particularly hard this past year. I really am hoping that, along with opening up life, that maybe some of those physical transitions that come with life outside will make some of those mental boundaries and distinctions a bit easier to find again, too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at lifeaftervax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi, at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.